Now, how did Trump do in the GOP primaries? I'm Jay Fidel. This is Think Tech Community Matters, and we have the honor of Manfred Henningsen. Uh, he's a, uh, uh, a retired uh, uh, political science professor emeritus from UH Manoa, and he's been around on these issues. So we're going to talk with him about that today. Welcome to the show, Manfred. Thank you. So, okay, um, you know, Trump took a lot of pains to endorse people around the country, uh, Republicans, in order to primary other Republicans who voted against him in the various efforts at impeaching him, or who didn't support him to the extent he wanted, who didn't demonstrate the loyalty that he insists on from everybody. And so, um, and so he had some success in that regard. And I would like to talk to you about that. In particular, I'd like to talk to you about Liz Cheney, who is an extraordinary woman, extraordinary courage and ability, and for that matter, patriotism. Uh, even though she's further to the right than I would prefer, uh, she's doing a terrific job in the select committee uh, investigation. So the question first is, uh, from a political science point of view, can you explain to me why um, people, millions of people, even in these primaries, you know, it's like a current statement of it, a current expression of it, would, would vote for a candidate, essentially a proxy for Trump, when Trump is involved in half a dozen major and promising investigations where he may very well be indicted, prosecuted, convicted, and punished, uh, where it's becoming ever so clear that he broke the law in so many ways and is not loyal to the country um, and corrupt in every way imaginable, including on telling lies. All of this is coming out, and yet they are still loyal to him. Why? Well, <laughs> that's a question uh, that I ask myself too, and I always have this tendency uh, to say, well, the United States is close to falling off the cliff. Uh, it's Weimar 1932. Uh, I don't know whether that is a valid comparison because Trump isn't Hitler. Uh, he has this grip on uh, a large section of uh, American, the American electorate. I mean, you have to remember that Hitler was not elected into office. He was appointed by Hindenburg, the president. Um, but he later on, you know, got this hold uh, on uh, the people, you know, once he was in power and removed uh, all of his opponents violently, killing them, you know, the leader of the stormtroopers, Röhm, and all kinds of other characters. But so in that sense, uh, the comparison is limited, but one has to say, you know, the United States is at this point a divided country, and one part believes in the institutional framework that came into being in uh, the late 18th century with the revolution, and the other part lives in a cult. Uh, a cult that wipes out, in a way, all rational arguments that you try to make uh, 
and you had I mean, January 6th being a demonstration how far some people go. Now, the hearings of the committee are very extraordinary, and the role that uh, Liz Cheney played on that committee is remarkable also in every respect. Here you have a very, very gutsy, courageous uh, woman um, who, you know, know that this would be political suicide for her within her party. Uh, I mean, if you want to compare her gutsiness with uh, another woman who is in power at this point, I would use Nancy Pelosi, even though Nancy Pelosi is a few decades older and she cannot run for president. I think she, it would be wonderful if she would be 20 years younger or even in the age of uh, Liz Cheney, because she would be the natural candidate, you know, to run instead of uh, Biden, uh, who shows signs of frailty, you know, that uh, I don't know whether he will come to terms with that, despite all of the successes that he had had in the last two weeks uh, in Congress. So I, you know, I have had personal cases, a former student uh, who has baffled me, you know, by her transformation from a rational person into an irrational one. And it's impossible, you know, to get through to her. Absolutely uh, incapable of having a reasonable discussion with her uh, about, uh, you know, Trump and the arguments that his niece is making, the psych psychologist, you know, who has given uh, a diagnosis of his mental state of mind for quite some time. Uh, she doesn't buy that, uh, as all Trumpists don't. Uh, so what do you, you cannot break through uh, this wall, you know, of, of unwillingness. These people, they live in a second reality of their own uh, imagination, but it's not only their own imagination. They have bought in into the second reality of uh, that was imagined by Trump and his followers. Uh, so what you have here is a country that is divided between reality and second reality. And uh, what will happen in you know the in the in the primaries i don't know i think there's still a show, uh, there's still some chance that the democrats will hold uh, the house uh, and may even gain some seats in the senate uh, but this is sheer speculation it could become um, the opposite at this point i'm still hoping um, that the optimistic expectation for the primaries um, will come true. But then you have uh, 2024, and there you have two senile candidates. Trump will be, what, 78, 79? Biden will be... Uh, 82. Will be 82, and he shows the signs of uh, age. So I don't know whether... 
both of them will be physically capable of running in 2024 but that doesn't that is not the end of the trump cult you know you have the haley's and others who may and DeSantis, you know and um, ted cruz and all of these uh, guys who somehow have become captured by the by the cult themselves and well, let me ask you about that manfred you know, Trump does have a, a special talent. We have seen that of lying and, and right. then insisting on it and then doubling down and never backing up. I mean, it's it's the uh, it's the autocrat in him. It's the uh, same thing in Putin. And I I suggest that maybe there is a good parallel b between uh, Trump and Hitler. Why they liked each other. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the question is whether... DeSantis or anybody else in the country could do it as well as Trump. He he is talented uh, in terms of developing this cult. But my question to you is, will the cult followers follow someone else like DeSantis? Well, at this point, it seems they will. Uh, but it may be that the magic of the cult leader uh, is important, and I don't know whether Ted Cruz, Haley, and uh, DeSantis, you know, can somehow develop this a similar type of magic uh, appeal. Uh, it's uh, that's a very interesting question, you know, because those three are not stupid. Trump is stupid. I mean, he is he is an ignorant man. He doesn't know history. He, he, he doesn't even know. Uh, I mean, he doesn't know world history. He doesn't know American history. Um, but I think the other three guys um, are intelligent. They are educated. Um, and for that reason, maybe the education and intelligence way may prevent maybe a handicap. Not. Maybe may be a handicap. Yes, may prevent them from becoming uh, really the, you know, the cult leader. You know, I, I used to think that uh, before anybody could run for office, there ought to be a course. Maybe you could teach a course like this. Call it Politics 101. Um, and, they, and they have to learn about government. They have to be educated. And, and that would make them a more successful office holder. But I, I, I think Trump is an example of someone who can be quite ignorant about history, um, about the country, about economics, about everything. He's ignorant and he's never gonna change. Uh, he never needed to be educated and he hasn't been. I'm sure his grades at the University of Pennsylvania, if ever re released, that'd be tougher than his tax return. If they are ever released, we would find out that he was a stunk in those classes. Right. So, but it does show you one thing, you don't have to be educated. You don't have to be skilled right. in, in the ways of the world, uh, in all those points that you would teach in Politics 101. All you have to be is good with power. And every autocrat we can think of was good with power. Yeah, and but Trump you see, what you just described yeah. in, in, in Trump is also the description of his constituency. 
they are as ignorant as he is and they like uh, that about him. Um, so there is an identity, an identification there with the persona of the leader. And as you cannot change Trump's mind about all kinds of things, you cannot change the mind of uh, his followers. They are in a way gone, you know, uh, and uh, only a collapse uh, will have somehow therapeutic impact. What's a collapse? You mean uh, a health collapse? You mean a, a, a some well, kind certainly of... Certainly if he dies, uh, you know, yeah. on stage has a heart attack or whatever, a stroke, uh, that would be, you know, the death of the leader. Now, that uh, is uh, something uh, that will temporarily, I think, uh, take the magic away from the cult and whoever takes over then Cruz, DeSantis uh, or Haley or whoever else um, will be able, you know, of uh, faking this uh, mystic uh, for a certain period of time, but it will not last. Uh, but the collapse could also be a political one, you know, suddenly a nuclear war uh, breaks out and people have to make reason, uh, people in power have to make rational decisions. You know, it's very interesting. I, you know, I, I think about these shows in advance, Manfred, I think about talking to you in advance. And one thought that struck me um, was the comparison between this cult and the cult in Jonestown, which is yes. worth studying. Um, uh, I forget his name, but uh, uh, the guy in Jonestown, the cult figure there. Right. Um, he, he took them further and further into cult. It became all consuming. I guess cults have a, an organic dynamic life. Uh, and Jones, his name was Jones. Yes. James, somebody was Jones. Jonestown, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and he took them further into the suicidal aspect of, of cult, where you, know, you, you give up the ultimate sacrifice um, for the charismatic leader of the cult. You ask them, and they knew what they were drinking, you ask them to drink the Kool-Aid and die. Right. And, and, and if you are a very successful and um, unhinged uh, cult figure like Jones was, or possibly like Trump is, you you dwell in this um, suicidal uh, continuum, and one day you have a catastrophic event because you actually ask them to kill themselves, or kill their community, or kill their country. It's all the same. Um, isn't that where he could head? Yes, but I don't think he has the similar powerful hold over the American people. I mean, listening to you and, um, you know, trying to think of illustrations of this suicidal dimension, apart from Jonestown, you know, when it comes to the end of Hitler, uh, you know, there is a wonderful uh, movie um, about the last days, the last two weeks of Hitler in the bunker. Uh, 
he commits suicide, he kills uh, his mistress, Eva Braun, and you have uh, the suicide of a large section of the upper echelon of the Nazi party, you know, Goebbels, Himmler, uh, you have some military people kill each other, but you do not have a mass suicide uh, campaign in Germany itself. In a way, the, the fascinating thing about the end of the Third Reich is that the steam of the cult, you know, went out immediately with the death of uh, the leader and the the people around him who committed uh, in a way collective suicide uh, as well uh, so if i do not i mean in that sense i think america is not jonestown uh, and america is not nazi germany but even when you're looking at Nazi Germany, at the end of Nazi Germany, you do not have this willingness of people to commit suicide collectively. Germans didn't do that. Whatever you know, you may charge them with um, for having uh, not killed. I mean, the, the generals, for example. I mean, this is a very interesting uh, detail of Trump's ignorance. Also, when he always told American uh, generals, you know. Why don't my generals behave like the German, like Hitler's generals? Well, they, they, American generals behaved in a way like Hitler's generals. You know, they didn't feel the time was there to shoot him. Uh, but Hitler's generals, you know, were not stupid. They behaved in a similar way. They were cowards. Uh, some of them, and some of them participated, you know, in the assassination attempt on uh, the 20th of July, 1944, and then got uh, hanged. You know, hundreds of them were um, executed after that. So what you had, there was a willingness to resist. Um, it was not Jonestown. Uh, mm. And I do not think that the United States at this point should be compared with Jonestown. And I don't know whether the inner circle of the Trump, um, well, so I don't know, maybe his two uh, sons, but Ivanka is not, it sounds, uh, a candidate for the Jonestown syndrome. Maybe Kushner uh, is, but I don't know uh, whether he has really this mental uh, in this mental capacity capacity of uh, lying to himself yes uh, as well you know, <clears throat> i wanted to go to one other aspect of this <clears throat> so <clears throat> trump is uh, in many ways off the public stage uh, and you know uh, i don't know why the press gives him as much oxygen as they do um but he certainly doesn't have the same influence and leverage that he had while he was in office. Um, his his leverage is sort of a negative leverage. I mean, you know, so Congress is investigating him. So various prosecutors are investigating him. Okay. Um, but he doesn't have the presidency. And he doesn't have Twitter, which was very important 
through his ability to influence his base. Uh, he has some kind of historic uh, legacy of influence on them. Okay, so now he says, well, I want to I want to show you I'm still powerful. I want to show you that I can still control politics within the GOP. Uh, I want to endorse some candidates and I want to unendorse other candidates. I want to endorse their opposition because they voted against me in one thing or another, especially uh, in the impeachments. Uh, so I'm going to get involved, roll up my sleeves, and I'm going to make endorsements um, that are tactical, strategic endorsements um, to try to affect these GOP primary elections that are happening. Um, so the question is, why do people follow him on that? It's not, it's not a direct loyalty to Trump, or is it? Uh, and sometimes his, his selections have been dead wrong. He's picked the wrong candidates. He hasn't won all of the endorsements he wanted to win. Uh, it seems to me that it's, what do you want to call it, less efficient, less effective when he plays the endorsement game as opposed to vote for me as president. Yeah, but look, uh, I don't know whether you remember, well, I'm sure you remember the role Mitch McConnell played, uh, you know, after January 6th, you know, when he made this famous speech, you know, that Trump is guilty and then he votes against it. Uh, I mean, this is uh, schizophrenia, schizophrenia on an amazing level. And a lot of Republican um, politicians suffer from that schizophrenia. They, they know, you know, he is crazy and they know that what he does and says is not true, uh, but they support him anyway and follow him anyway. Uh, so what you have, and they, I think, are smarter than their constituents, but they are afraid that uh, their constituents will not follow them. So uh, in that sense, you know, you have to, it's not Jonestown, it's a collective schizophrenia of the political class uh, in the Republican Party. Uh, they actually, I mean, they, they know what they are doing uh, is uh, wrong, but they feel uh, admitting that would lose, would make them lose their jobs. And that, uh, I do not, I cannot explain that, you know, with, uh, with Jonestown, because yeah. they are not, they have not, they are not drinking Kool-Aid. Uh, so uh, for that for that reason you know you need some other explanation for that but it is also you could say maybe a good indicator that if trump dies for whatever you know whenever that the cult will die with him because there are no true believers uh, among, you know, the, the Republican professionals. They fake their uh, belief and their support for, for, for Trump, but they are too smart and many of them too educated to really believe what they are doing. Uh, you could say, 
you know, they are fraud. It's fraudulent what they are doing. And it is, uh, and I don't think the clinical term schizophrenia uh, uh, applies to them because I think most of them know that what they are doing is wrong. They do it because they don't want to lose their jobs. But they're looking for a way out. And I, you raise yes. a very interesting point. <clears throat> and that is the what about afterward? <clears throat> so, for example, I, I'm in office. Uh, Trump has threatened to primary me uh, because I haven't been loyal to him one reason or another. Um, so I retire. I'm, I'm out of it. I don't, right. I don't run in the primary. I, I, I swear I'm not going to be. This time, you know, it's lots of the people, Republican, that voted for impeachment. They retired. Yeah. Okay. Retired. Uh, yes. Some of them retired because they were afraid. I think. Right. Some um, because and, of age and yes. Well, sometimes it's not age. Sometimes right. it's young. And and my question to you is, uh, and then you know, and you have to put Liz Cheney in this category because right. uh, she, you know, she got primaried and she's done, uh, and that's not a surprise to anybody. But uh, as in the case of Liz Cheney, who may have other plans later, some of these other guys. Uh, either because they retired or because they lost due to a Trump endorsement of their of their opponent, they may have plans to come back. And you're right to suggest that at some point he may not be around. He may die. Right. Uh, and when he dies, uh, the whole the whole club thing, the whole uh, um, you know cult thing um, disappears overnight. Really, I think I agree with you. But what happens when this crowd of people say, "Oh, I am free." I am liberated. I'm going to come back. I'm going to finish. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave my current configuration and I'm going to start a new chapter in my life. I'm coming back to politics. You think that's going to happen? Is it going to make a difference? It's a poss yes, it's a possibility. And I think that's the time when Liz Cheney, uh, that's the, Liz Cheney's time. It's not 2024. It is really after that. Uh, collapse of the Trump phenomenon, then, you know, she is the only one who has the credentials uh, to come forward and say, you know, I'm now uh, trying to reform the Republican Party. And there will be a lot of the people, the younger people who have retired, like the guy in Arizona, I think, Craig, um, they will come and, and support her. And then maybe also some people, uh, you know, who appear now to be 100% Trumpies. Uh, so that would, I mean, that will be very interesting, but I do not think that the cult will survive. The cult is strangely enough connected with, with Trump. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you will have features of the Trump political um, ideology. I mean, Trump's ideological um, positions that will be taken over by some of the politics. But the whole thing, the package, the whole package will not be, yeah. will not survive. Yeah. So there was a, I'm telling you, there's a piece in the paper, I think it was the Times this morning, uh, that suggested that based on her remarks the other day, her concession speech, as it were, 
Um, she, 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 she may very well run for president, not clear exactly how, I mean, right. in what party and all this. And that one of the things, at least in this opinion piece, one of the things that was interesting is that it, she might do that simply to be um, the, um, you know, the opposing voice. So if Trump, or for that matter, DeSantis gets up and makes ridiculous statements and lies and autocratic, um, you know, autocratic, takes autocratic positions, she'd be there as an opposing candidate to call him out on it. And that would, that would serve the nation well. Uh, it would serve her well, whether or not she wins. Uh, it would serve all of us well, uh, just due to the nature you of You see, I mean, that function would be performed by the Democratic candidates, whoever he is, even Biden would do that if he, I think, makes the wrong decision uh, and runs for a second term. So in that sense, Liz Cheney's role as the rebel uh, of truth will survive 2024, whether she runs for president or not. And in a way, I think it would be better for her to not run, um, but simply be there, this uh, really, in, this person with unusual integrity and intelligence and courage being in, in the back, you know, of the Republican Party. I mean, she she's, I don't know how old she is now in her 50s. Uh, you know, she can wait and she can give speeches. You know, she can, she will become more attractive out of office uh, because she can go now anywhere. She does not have to think of Wyoming any longer. And the people in Wyoming, you know, they will really look in the mirror and ask themselves, how could we be as stupid uh, as uh, we have been? Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, I mean, you have also the, the Cheney mystique in Wyoming. You know, it's not only Liz uh, Cheney, it's the father, it's the mother. You know, they are uh, credentialed conservatives, you know, and I'm not certainly supporting any of them, but uh, you have their legacy that is connected with her name, a personal legacy, a family legacy. And I think the Republican Party, if it does not completely fall apart, uh, needs at one point uh, some kind of reconstruction uh, and uh, at that moment you know people like especially people like Liz Cheney will be called upon because she has the integrity that none of the others have yeah well right now you know she's looked she lost badly no surprise um, she has a, a big following uh, in at least part of the Republican community and, right. and a huge following in the Democratic community and you know, and, and she has people saying nice things about her and talking right. about the fact that she has a future. So my question to you is, what, what are her best moves? I mean, we talked before the show about whether she should try to uh, get the can can get the Republican candidacy for 2024 for president or maybe go independent or create her own party or or just wait in the wings uh, and make speeches. And by the way, 
I, I might not vote for her when the chips are down, but I would certainly go to see her speeches. I would pay to see yes. her speeches. Right. I would, I would want to know everything she's saying and thinking. But anyway, what is your advice to her politically? Uh, what should she be doing for the best effect? I think she should stay out of the race in 2024. Um, because her in uh, her role as the person in, in waiting, you know, will grow. She will get uh, more and more support, you know, from Republicans who are disenchanted with what has happened to their party. And uh, the party then needs uh, people with integrity. Uh, and the people, you know, like uh, Ted Cruz, like Haley, like uh, DeSantis, you know, who uh, at one I mean, especially Cruz at one point, you know, uh, and Rubio, you know, made these nasty comments about Trump when in 2016. Uh, and then they ate, you know, their own garbage and want people, want people to believe that they never made these statements, you know. <laughs> now, I don't think statements like that are known from Liz Cheney. Uh, she doesn't have to, you know, get back on some of what she rhetoric. said before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas they do. So in that sense, you know, that it's not only the act of rebellion uh, against Trump and the Trump cult and the people, you know, in Congress who um, supported that. And her ouster as well. No, it's. Uh, I think her appeal within the Republican Party will grow over the years. She will be, uh, you know, the president in the waiting. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you one more one more question that comes out of all of this, out of what you said a minute ago. <laughs> you know, we're examining here uh, Trump's, um, you know, endorsement of these various. Uh, right-wing GOP, you know, candidates, and uh, some of them right-wing GOP candidates who are really distasteful to um, a lot of people um, have won. They've won the primaries. Right. right. And you would think that the, that the more moderate Republicans would be offended by them, would never vote for them because they're, you know, unhinged, and they follow him who is unhinged. Right. And you would think, um, you know, that that would help a Democratic candidate, even if a Democratic voter uh, would not necessarily uh, follow a certain Democratic candidate, they A, would vote in greater numbers in November, and B, um, you know, more people across the spectrum would vote against the Trump endorsee. Uh, so in that, in that possible scenario, um, you could say that Trump's action in endorsing these right-wing candidates actually hurts the uh, the GOP and actually helps the Democratic candidate. Is there anything to that from a political point of view? Well, I don't know. I mean, so far, I think uh, the Trump line has won. And I think... But they've only won within the GOP primaries. Yes. And, but I'm I, asking about the general, yeah. 
well i we will see in in november but i think uh, since trump will still be alive and his magic is still there the cult is still working even without kool-aid uh, they uh, i think it is simply a reflection of the division the 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 intellectual the mental the philosophical well maybe one shouldn't say connect philosophy with trump but i mean this whole ideological division of the country is there and if for that reason democrats gain only that much you know from being against trump uh, now whether they i mean if they would have a charismatic candidate um, who could who could uh, really uh, make this case it would be possible possibly different but i don't know whether nosen is able of, of doing it but he's the only one around i mean look i always come back to nancy pelosi because uh, i think that lady has uh, the guts that a democratic politician really would need at this point i mean she is not uh, impressed by threats from china uh, she goes there i mean uh, the whole adventure was quite an amazing amazing exercise in political courage and, and uh, i understand that um, you know biden cannot follow her and fly to taiwan you know and uh, in a way do the same thing that she and now the other congressional delegation uh, has done but uh, there is not a person at this point with that reputation around in the democratic party who could do that i at least don't uh, see him i look i'm Hawaii is a very, very. Isn't, isn't that correctable, though, Manfred? It For example, certainly, certainly. If, if Joe Biden said, uh, look, I, I'm bringing in somebody, I'm going to have him in the Oval Office a lot, and he's going to be my best counselor, give him a job somewhere in the White House, uh, and, then, and then give him plenty of face, you know, expose him to the press and uh, sing his virtues and make it clear that uh, Biden thinks that he might be a good successor. And if he does that right now, and there's still months to go before November, um, then maybe somebody will rise to the level that you're talking about with Nancy Pelosi and galvanize the Democratic, the Democratic yeah, Party. If, if, if the Vice President Harrison could undergo a transformation, you know, becoming a female Obama figure, uh, that would be possible. But uh, there is no one i think around at this point with this kind of political sex appeal and in the democratic party uh, now look we are living here in, in the bluest state of the nation we don't have to worry about uh, problems here uh, but i do not think you may can me correct me or someone may correct me and, and point to people all over the place. I mean, there must be 
characters like that. Uh, well, we have 330 million people. Yeah. Surely we can find just one. No, it's look, I'm pointing sometimes uh, to what happened in Germany, you know, uh, recently when these young green rebels took over not only their own party and transformed it from a social movement into a political party and uh, are now, uh, you know, leading in all the polls uh, because they have courage. Uh, they do something which is, which was politically inconceivable before. Uh, and uh, it's a wonderful illustration, you know, that sometimes uh, surprises can happen. And they may still happen in the United States also, even though at this point, I don't see them coming. Okay, well, we're going to have to continue the conversation because they may come any day, any day of the week, Manfred, and right. you and I will both be watching intently yes. to, to see what happens. Uh, Manfred, thank you so much for joining me today. We're out of time. I hope we can do this again. It's so interesting to get your perspective on everything. Uh, Manfred Henningsen. Uh, Emeritus uh, Political Science uh, from UH Manoa. Thank you again so much. Thanks a lot. Aloha. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.